Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the School for School Counselors podcast. I'm Steph Johnson, a full-time school counselor just like you. And today I'm here to talk to you about parents that you just cannot seem to figure out. No matter how hard we try, it just feels like we can't get them to buy into what we're doing. We can't get them to get involved or motivated. We're going to be talking about how do you reach those folks or how do you reach the helicopter parents and the lawnmower parents that just absolutely insist on paving the way for their students. We're going to talk about that and a lot more in this episode. But first, I want to share with you one of the newest reviews we just received for the podcast. This review comes from SUMC15, and they said, so needed. I'm a veteran school counselor who has needed these words of wisdom, validation, and encouragement all of my career. I'm so thankful newer school counselors have this resource to go to so they can feel more confident and equipped to handle our very important job. This podcast is the real life of a school counselor, and I thank Stephanie for building up our profession in such a positive way. Thank you, SUMC15, for that delightful review. That goes straight to my heart. It feels so awesome to know that what we are doing here in the podcast is resonating with folks, and you're right. We do have a very important job. So it's important that we're encouraging and empowering one another through this podcast and through all the other things that we do in our School for School Counselors world. Thanks for taking a few minutes to review the podcast. You have no idea what that means to us. And to everybody else listening, if you haven't taken a minute after you listen to this episode, go rate and review it. Let people know what you think about it. It lets the algorithm know that folks like it. They need to show it to more people that are involved in school counseling. And at the end of the day, that's what this is all about, right? So again, thank you for that phenomenal review. We appreciate it so, so much. All right, so today we're going to be talking about working with difficult parents. And let me be clear before I start, I'm not labeling folks as difficult because they challenge us. All right, just because someone challenges you does not mean they're a difficult person. What I mean by difficult are parents who do not follow the established norms of a school. We run on certain norms, and there are a lot of families, communities that do not live within the same norms that we practice in schools. It's like two completely different cultures sometimes. And so not only do we need to be aware of that, we need to try to bridge those gaps between school and home for students, but we also need to be teachers for our teachers. That's a hard thing to understand. At least it was for me all the years that I spent in the classroom, recognizing the fact that You know, parents might have been uninvolved, parents might have been a little bit combative, not because they were trying to be rude or, you know, disengaged, but just because there were other barriers in the way. There has been extreme increased stress since COVID, even now. 
And by the way, we're going to have links to all the research here. You know, everything we're presenting to you is research. So this is not anecdotal, me saying there's been increased stress since COVID, although we probably all have seen that. We have a research basis for that to prove what we're seeing as well. Both parent and child mental health is worse than pre-COVID. And the vulnerable populations of our country have been hit particularly hard. So those folks who have had unstable earnings, perhaps job loss due to illness, due to the economy shutting down, things like that. There have been higher rates of infection in communities of color. Families of young children had to choose whether they're going to earn money or stay home with their children. Just lots and lots of challenges that we wish no one would have had to face. But because of all that, we're seeing tremendously increased stress levels. And research is also showing us that involvement in school and compliance with school norms is really correlated to the family's level of affluence. Uncooperative or uninvolved parents, we'll talk about what those mean in a minute, are typically parents with lower education levels. So we're talking high school diploma or less. They've got a lack of resulting time because of their educational level, lack of resources, sometimes some distrust of the educational system. And then you go all the way to the other side of the spectrum with the excessively worried parents. Those would be what you would call the helicopter parents who have typically a high school diploma and a college degree, higher expectations, more emphasis on education, sometimes an overemphasis. So I'm just giving you these broad categories just to try to get your mind in what I'll be talking about, all right? So we're kind of looking at the whole spectrum of parent involvement and their own experiences with educational systems, because I think we've got to frame that well before we can have a productive discussion. Interestingly enough, something that I uncovered in the research as I was putting this podcast episode together is that there are more unsatisfied parents at the elementary level in schools than at any other level. Isn't that interesting? If you talk to school counselors on elementary campuses, they'll say, yeah, sure, I I believe that. But I think I could also find some middle school and high school counselors who might take some issue with that statement. But guys, it's in the research, more unsatisfied parents at the elementary level than any other. All right, so let's talk about some main categories of parents with whom we might experience some difficulty. Number one, I kind of um, started talking about it already, are the uncooperative or disengaged parents. These are the folks that typically will blame the school if they're notified of an issue or a concern. They can be combative. They don't typically return phone calls. They don't return emails or messages and typically won't meet with you either. They forget, put that in quotation marks, they forget, they don't show up. Sometimes they just outright refuse to meet with us. You will often see folks in this category denying that there's any sort of a problem, might make excuses about why things are happening the way they are. There's nothing I can do. That's just the way it is. Life is too hard. I have too many barriers, those kinds of things. And sometimes that's true. 
right? Sometimes it's true. And they may appear lackadaisical about following up at home. So if you were able to have a conversation with a parent and really kind of, you know, put that school to home partnership in the forefront and make some suggestions about some things that could happen at school, typically these uncooperative or disengaged parents are not going to follow through. They would prefer a quick fix. And typically that quick fix is going to be expected from you, right? So raise your hand if you've ever met a parent that has been uncooperative or disengaged. That would be all of us. And then there's one more category of parent that's closely related to that. So I'm going to walk through that one as well before I give you some solutions on how to approach these folks. The other closely related category of parents, and I think this is a category we often overlook, When we're not getting a bunch of cooperation, we automatically tend to assume that parents are, you know, they're just being uncooperative or they just don't care. How many times have you heard a teacher say they just don't care? Oh, my goodness. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I would be a rich woman. Confused parents want to help. They genuinely want to help, but they also genuinely have no idea how that's supposed to go down. They may have either mental challenges or emotional challenges that really prevent them from seeing the whole picture, from being able to effectively engage in the situation, or there may be too many other background factors at play for them to really be able to give your concern their full attention. And we're talking about things like domestic violence, financial concerns, family dysfunction, those kinds of things. So these guys are just hanging on by the edge of their fingernails every day. And they do want to help. They want to see their students succeed and improve, but they honestly, genuinely have no idea how to help. And many of our parents feel super uncomfortable in the educational environment. They did not have a good experience when they were in school. Perhaps they were not able to achieve. Maybe there's a cultural barrier, language barrier, whatever it may be. Monitor whether or not you perceive that that parent may be uncomfortable at the school. If they're combative, I would bet they're probably intimidated by the school environment. Sometimes it's overcompensation. So just be aware of that. Be monitoring for that because we certainly don't want to be, you know, pulling parents up to school in meetings if they're just completely overwhelmed and intimidated unless we just absolutely have to have that face-to-face with them. So I really want to challenge you as you're looking at some of the difficult parent relationships that you're in now, not to just jump to the conclusion that, you know, oh, they just don't care. They're just not involved. Sometimes there's factors at play that cause them to be a confused parent. They just cannot see their way out. So what do we do for these folks if they're disengaged, if they're combative, if they're confused? How do we help them get involved with their students' education? How do we get on the same page all together so that we can work as a team? Well, there are a few things that research tells us can be very, very effective with these parent populations. Number one, increasing contact with them. 
even if they behave as though they don't want to hear from you. They will eventually if we do it the right way. So when we contact parents like this, we want to make sure that we're focusing only on what we can do or only on a certain thing for the next few days. We're looking very, very short term in these conversations. The greater the scope of the conversation, the more overwhelmed the parent is likely to become. So we're going to keep it very concise, very in the now, very grounded in just the next few days. And then as we sort through these problems, we're going to make sure that we're not taking things personally. I think often as school counselors, we want to believe that, you know, we put our best foot forward. We really make a great case with this parent. We develop this great relationship, give them all our awesome ideas, and then we see no follow through. Sometimes we take it personally. So we've got to be really careful about that. If absences aren't improving, if grades aren't improving, the student's still not turning in their homework, we're not seeing changes in behavior, that is not personal. And the reason that's important is when we feel that personally, we tend to want to try to find someone to blame. And who are we going to blame? We're going to blame the parent. Whether we really intend to or not, that's typically how that goes. So you've got to really stay very neutral with regard to the outcome. And remember what we say in our Facebook group all the time, which is, I am a helper, not a fixer, right? You have to remain detached from the result. Also, when we talk with parents who are having trouble with being engaged, having trouble with agreeing with us, or they just don't understand what to do, celebrating improvements. No matter how small, if we see any sort of small improvement, gosh, we want to celebrate that. And we want to not only let the parent know about it, but we want to celebrate them as well. We want to say, you know, gosh, I don't know what you guys are doing at home, but whatever you're doing, it's working. The conversations you've had, the systems you've put in place, whatever it is, my goodness, you're a rock star. We are already seeing improvement. Y'all, that might be the only praise that the parent hears in their whole day, maybe their whole week, right? Providing options to the parent Instead of them feeling like we're preaching at them, telling them what to do, trying to be the boss of them, providing them an option, saying, you know, I've worked with with parents who have looked at this in the past, and typically, you know, they've benefited from doing either this or doing that. Do either of those sound like something you might be interested in? Something like that. Give folks some options. And then proactively address with parents what can go wrong. Because as you're trying to problem solve, as you're trying to provide resources, whatever it is you're doing, typically a difficult parent is going to be running through their mind about all the reasons it won't work, all the reasons it can't work, all the reasons they can't do it. So be proactive about that. You don't have to call it out directly, but just address what could go wrong. And work collaboratively on those solutions so if parents hit that roadblock, they don't feel completely sideswiped. Does that make sense? 
All right. So then we're going to flip to the whole other side of the spectrum, which is the over-involved parent. Interestingly enough, uh, one of the studies we pulled, Coleman at McNeese 2009, shows that parent involvement and student motivation and achievement are an inverse relationship, meaning that greater parent involvement yields lower student motivation and achievement. Now, if we think about this, it makes perfect sense, right? Because if your parents are over-involved, if they are removing barriers for you, if they're reminding you how and when to do things and you're not developing those executive functioning skills, of course, you're not going to do as well as you could when you're doing that independently. We also know hyper-involved parents are not afraid to speak up at school. Since COVID, there has been, of course, heightened anxiety, right? We've we've got studies all over the place about that. Parental heightened anxiety, and a lot of these parents is coming through as parents getting hyper-involved in their students' education, right? I saw a, a kind of a neat definition of this helicopter parenting style, which was appropriate parenting characteristics taken to an inappropriate degree. So they're loving, but they're also very misguided in their efforts. So when they become overly effortful in their parenting, they're doing things like micromanaging academics, right? They want to ensure that their student remains competitive in the future. So they're either pushing their student hard, they're claiming academic anxiety, they're asking for testing, 504 accommodations, those kinds of things. They may also be excessively concerned about their students' well-being in a relatively safe environment. Just anecdotally, I think this is why we're seeing a lot more separation anxiety tendencies than we've seen um, in the past, at least in my location. I think a lot of it is due to that heightened anxiety since COVID. Parents are worried about their students' well-being, and it's showing, and it's translating into their child. These parents will overemphasize their child's specialness or overemphasize the need for their child to have positive self-esteem, which leads to them racing to the rescue, right? These are the kids that are at school and get upset or frustrated and they're texting their parents to come rescue them. These are your helicopter and lawnmower parents. They're ensuring that their student gets what they want at all times and will often call the school to report difficulties even when their student is well-adjusted, they're coping well at school, and nobody really sees any concerns in day-to-day school time. Now, I will say, you know, sometimes students hide things, right? Sometimes there are things that just aren't on our radar until they're brought to our attention. So we should always look into parent concerns, but at the same time, we don't want to just blindly jump into whatever we're told. I blame social media here a little bit too. I blame the algorithms. You know, those algorithms are designed to show you what you're most interested in seeing. And so if you're a parent that's really interested in student anxiety, let's use that one as an example. You're interested in what 
anxiety in adolescence looks like, how to request a 504, what kinds of accommodations are needed for anxiety, you can end up going down this rabbit hole with an algorithm feeding you information ad nauseum about that one particular topic. And you're not going to be presented with opposing viewpoints. That's the issue. And so perception is reality for most folks. And so if you perceive that anxiety is all around, everybody has anxiety, we should monitor anxiety, we should accommodate anxiety. What are you going to see in your child? You're going to see anxiety. So how do we handle these overly effortful parents? There are a few things that the research tells us might be helpful. Now, are these all going to be like a magic wand that are magically going to fix these problems? No, because if they were, I could package them up and tell you all about them and make millions of dollars, (laughs) right? Be the hero of the school counseling world. That would be amazing. And these researchers would be rolling in the dough for sure. But there are some things that we can try that we know are more likely to be beneficial than some other more typical approaches. Increasing involvement for students and interventions addressing their self-concept. So individual counseling, perhaps some small groups, because they're probably lacking in some self-efficacy, maybe they have some increased peer alienation. If they're sheltered, those kinds of things, we want to make sure that they have a really healthy and growing, maturing self-concept. And so that's one thing we can do for sure. And as they develop their self-concept and self-esteem, they're going to be able to develop their voice. They're going to be able to speak for themselves. And that's going to be an important part of growing up and separating from their parents. Give parents indirect ways to get involved in school. If you've got that one that's constantly calling you with problems, constantly calling you with requests, constantly calling you, wanting to act like they're reporting things, but really they just want you to be their therapist. (laughs) You ever had those? Give them a way to be involved at school a little bit more indirectly. Put them in charge of a project. Give them something to do where they feel like they know what's going on on campus. They're a little piece of the whole ecosystem there, and they can kind of let go of some of the minutia of what their student is doing. With parents like this, you're going to have to be an ally. You're going to have to form an alliance with them over your desire for their student success. It's got to be mutual, right? And they've got to feel that. Sometimes it feels like we just really have to go over the top to get that message to hit home and inform parents about developmental stages. Sometimes parents are not well-versed in child development, right? So they may not realize that what their student is experiencing is absolutely normal. There are periods of heightened anxiety involved in our development. That is just a part of growing up. It's just part of um, developing your own voice. So parents need to understand that that's normal. And also with with parents who like to be over-involved, you're going to have to be very, very clear about your availability. These are the ones that are going to challenge your boundaries, right? They're going to want to try to text message you, talk you into sharing your personal phone number, emailing at all hours of the day and night. So be very, very clear about your boundaries with these guys, letting them know I absolutely care. 
but I didn't answer your email at 10.30 last night because I don't check my work email outside of school hours. So, goodness, that was a lot of information, but I think very important information too. And if nothing else, hopefully this gave you some food for thought about some alternative ways you can approach parents when you're having some difficulty seeing eye to eye, right? If you're having difficulties with parents who seem uncooperative, who seem uninvolved, who seem confused about what their next steps are, or who seem like an absolute lawnmower helicopter parent, sometimes we just need some new approaches in our back pocket for them. So that was my goal today on this podcast. I hope I met it. I hope you feel a little bit more prepared and ready for these kinds of relationships. Because I can promise you, <laughs> we encounter quite a few of them in our careers. And, and it's all opportunity for growth right? It's all opportunity for growth for the parent, for the student, and for us. Y'all, for us, we get better every time we navigate these situations, every time we have to get creative about building these relationships and about making a collaborative, mutually beneficial, trusting relationship between home and school. It makes us better too. And when it makes us better, then we're better to help more students. And that is what this is all about, right? So I don't know if you've ever had a situation where you just felt like, oh my goodness, I've done everything I can do to try to make this parent happy. Nothing's working. Nothing's helping. I don't know what next steps are. Maybe you've tried these techniques and they're just not yielding the fruit you would like to see. I want you to know we have support and consultation inside of our School for School Counselors Mastermind. We meet weekly because your questions can't wait a month. For a Q&A um, in a school counseling group, there's no way that you're going to be able to sit on it that long. So we meet weekly, sometimes twice a week, because we want to make sure that you're ready to go and taken care of. So if you need that kind of support, if you would enjoy having a consultative relationship with some colleagues from outside your immediate vicinity, right, for that kind of professional safety factor, Come join us in the School for School Counselors Mastermind. You can find out more about it at schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash mastermind. We would love to welcome you into that community. It is one of the most empowering and exciting school counseling experiences that you can have. Hands down, I promise. All right. So until next time, I want to challenge you really, really work on these parent relationships, helping parents navigate the ins and outs of their child's education, encouraging them to do their best, but not getting over-involved. It is a delicate balance for sure, but you're equipped for it. You can do this. I know you can. And if you need us, you know where to find us. Hop in our Facebook group, School for School Counselors. Hop in our mastermind, schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash mastermind, and we will be happy to help you sort things out. I hope you have the best week ever. I'll see you back here on the podcast soon. Y'all take care. 